0: This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. We're delighted to have back with us Tom Siebel. He's founder and CEO at C3.ai. He's author of the book, Digital Transformation, Survive and Thrive in an Era of Mass Extinction. Tom joining us on the phone from Woodside, California. Tom, welcome back. Um, we hope you're doing well. Your family's doing well.
1: Doing great, Carol. Nice to talk with you.
0: Well, tell us, we want to get into a lot of things with you. What's, what's your world like right now in California?
1: Well, in Northern California, I would say that we've been, there's really been very little impact from COVID. In the county that I'm in, San Mateo County, there are, this would be everything right north of Palo Alto and Silicon Valley. We have three quarters of a million people as a the population. There are 1,700 hospital beds. And on any given day, there might be 50 people hospitalized with COVID. If you look at Santa Clara County, which is the county immediately south of us, uh, where there's roughly 2 million people, that would be everything from Palo Alto to San Jose. There's about 2 million people, 4,000 hospital beds. On any given day, there'll be 150 people hospitalized for COVID. In San Mateo County, I believe there are no people on ventilators. So, um, you know, most people in the town that I live in, Woodside, there have been 10 people diagnosed with COVID, so it kind of missed us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's an argument to be made,
2: I think, Tom, and I'm guessing some of your uh, local lawmakers would make it, which is you guys did the right thing. I mean, you sort of shut it down pretty early in in the entire Bay
1: Area, right? We did shut it down early, and it kind of, you know, I, I think the purpose for shutting it down was to keep from overwhelming the hospital systems, right? and we never got close to that. I mean, out of 1,700 hospital deads, on any given day, 50 might be occupied with, in this county, 50 might be occupied with COVID patients. So it, uh, you know, maybe it worked. I'm, you know, there's lots of different opinions on this, but it kind of never happened here.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's hope it stays that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, lesson learned, you know, in terms of a playbook for, for how to do it.
1: Are you guys in the studio or are you doing this from home?
0: We're doing it from home. We're, doing, been, it from we're doing
1: it from home. From this home. Good m- for you! It sounds what a brother. You guys are a professional operation. <laughs> like, uh, it's seamless professionalism. Congratulations. Well, thank well, you. Well, thank
2: you. Yeah, we well we've gotten good at it. We're at the end of our ninth week doing this uh, from home. So, uh, I mean, kudos to our team who got us all set up. But it is sort of it, it's an amazing tribute to technology, Tom, yeah. which you know far more about than we do. So let's talk about how technology is maybe helping us get our arms around this. We were talking with you earlier in the year about cyber attacks. We've got a different sort of attack on our hands now. uh, And I do wonder how technology and this whole concept of a data lake, uh, help us understand how that's being used here.
1: Well, you, you know, you recall that one of the things we spoke of when I was with you last in New York was the area of precision medicine. Okay. And precision medicine unquestionably will be one of the largest commercial and industrial applications of artificial intelligence. So we can use this for disease prediction, adverse drug reaction, genome-specific medical protocols, uh, AI-assisted diagnosis. So this is the largest and most rapidly growing segment of the U.S. economy and many economies, and AI is going to impact medicine in a huge way. Now, enter COVID. So this is a, a really unique opportunity uh, to apply AI to contribute to this dialogue. And if we looked at all the, you know, everybody has just been guessing. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as you change from your one TV channel to another, and you listen to Neil Ferguson at King's College or the person at Stanford, and one person says the you know, the morbidity rate is going to be between 2% and 5% and another expert with the same level of expertise says the morbidity rate is going to be going to be like, you know, one one-thousandth of 1%. What is a policymaker to do? Well, what we did is uh, we formed a coalition that we call the C3AI Digital Transformation Institute, and we founded this with Microsoft. We funded this to a tune of about $400 million dollars. And we aggregated the human capital at MIT, Carnegie Mellon, Princeton, the University of Chicago, the University of Illinois, and, um, and UC Berkeley to engage in large-scale research on applying AI to mitigate COVID pandemic. And so this is AI and machine learning models right. to mitigate disease, uh, bioinformatics, right? Modeling and simulation of propagation. So that's a that's a major initiative. It's underway. It's really exciting, and that is one of the efforts that we've been engaged
0: in. All right. Our guest at this hour is Tom Siebel, founder and CEO at C3.ai, author of Digital Transformation, Survive and Thrive in an Era of Mass Extinction. He joins us on the phone from Woodside, California. So, Tom, you really laid out what Data Lake is all about. What's your goal? So this is, you know, COVID-19 data collection. What are you hoping that it does or what do you expect it to do? And and, and what's a time, timeline on it?
1: Well, in order to perform data science, in order to get accurate predictions, whether it be course of disease or the efficacy of social mitigations, these scientists need data. So what we have done in the past month is we have taken the 22 largest data sources that are available in the world about covid from Johns Hopkins and CORD-19 and the New York Times and the Milken Institute and what have you. These are CT scans, these are mortality data, comorbidity, course of disease, and we have aggregated those data into a unified federated image that we've made available. This is called the C3AI COVID-19 Data Lake, and we've made this resource available to the world at no cost to be able to do research. And we've we've had, so this is by far the the world's largest corpus uh, 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 corpus of COVID data available to researchers. This is being powered by our friends at AWS, who provided the uh, uh, the cloud platform to do it. And I think this will be an enormously important resource uh, for people to research, to do research, understand the course of the disease and control this epidemic and other epidemics like it.
2: I mean, Tom, it's interesting, uh, you know, and and we wanted to talk to you a, a lot about Silicon Valley, sort of what's going on there, but, and maybe as a bridge to that, it does feel like there is this, dare I say, and maybe I'm just optimistic here on a Friday afternoon, but, you know, this sort of, spirit of collaboration and and maybe urgent collaboration that's happening around this particular pandemic. And I don't know why that is, if it's just sort of the scope and scale of it, if it's because it is so dynamic and fast moving and and the effect economically and on our individual lives has, has been so traumatic. Am I overstating that, you think?
1: No, I think you've nailed it, and I think we're dealing with an existential event for people, for families, for communities, and for companies. And, com- and individuals are pulling together, research institutions are pulling together, countries are pulling together in concerted, extraordinarily large-scale efforts to understand the pandemic and control it. And I think it's very, you know, it's very inspiring to watch it happen, and it's, uh, and it's, it's really exciting to be able to be part of it.
2: Well, and I do wonder. I mean, you know, speaking of Silicon Valley, I mean, this is kind of old school Silicon Valley in some ways. It's obviously a very competitive place, but I mean, you have witnessed the other, you know, sort of the, the. the best of Silicon Valley, I, I would imagine, in some ways. I'm sure you've seen some other stuff too, but uh, you know, you understand the ethos of the place.
1: I think that everything, what is going on with COVID globally, this is a test. Okay, this is a test of us as people. This is a test of our families. It's a test of our social structure. It's a test of our governments. Okay, and when our government structures, and you know, hopefully, when history is written. We will all have passed this test, but I think this is an opportunity for all of us to be our best, to be the best we can be, okay, and 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 and, and solve this problem because it is solvable.
0: Yeah, but it right, but it's you can do it better and quicker, right? If we all work together, and
1: that's, that's right. what- we're seeing amazing collaboration. Through what we're doing with the Digital Transformation Institute and the COVID Data Lake, we are in active cooperation with organizations all around the planet: World Health Organization, UNESCO, CDC, NIH, Stanford University—you name it. Everybody is leaning forward, and all they want—Microsoft, uh, AWS, IBM—all the when you when you call them, you ask them to help. All the 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 answer is always, "How, Tom? Tom, how can we help?" Yeah. and so it's uh it's really really been um uh, inspiring to see this develop and i think we we can expect to see um you know i think highly efficacious solutions forthcoming in a reasonably short period of
0: time. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, because the time frame certainly has been one that we've heard everything, even Bill Gates weighing in, you know, everything from as soon as nine months to, you know, maybe 18 months, president talking about a vaccine by the beginning of the year. So I do wonder what you're hearing um, from the community, this global cooperative community about a real time frame, because everybody we seem to talk to, Tom says, you know, we just talked about um, with the head of uh, the Broadway, you know, theater, you know, industry, that it's not until we get a vaccine. We've talked with Bob Crandall, who used to head up American Airlines, you don't open up airlines really until you get a vaccine. So what do you hear about a real time frame about that specifically?
1: Oh, well, I think there are lots of ways to deal with this disease other than disease, other than vaccine, and we are dealing with it today. And there's, But there's lots of questions about which of, these, which of these techniques are efficacious and which are not. And if we have a large enough data sets, we can tell which are efficacious and which are not, and we can, we can mitigate the spread of disease, we can save lives. And this is this is before the advent of a vaccine, which is obviously a year or two off because that's how long it takes. But this is, I mean, this is a natural application of artificial intelligence and data science. And now we are aggregating the data so people can make better informed, more accurate decisions and more more accurate policy decisions.
0: That was Tom Siebel, founder and CEO at C3.ai, and of course, founder of Siebel Systems. I mean, this is someone, again, who has seen so much in the world of innovation and technology, and now he's trying to apply that to the virus, right? And it's all about data, and Jason, I think it's safe to say that that's how we ultimately get ahead of this.
2: Absolutely. Really enjoyed that conversation. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra.
0: Be sure to tune into Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio.
1: I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.